castles you own or the size of your sanctuary. It doesn't matter how steep your steeple is if you're sitting on a cemetery. I don't care if you pave your parking lot or put pads upon your pews. What good is a picture-perfect stage if you're missing all the cues? I don't care if your pastor is super-powered and your program's always new. What you need is love and truth, and men are gonna come to you. It doesn't matter that you know the Bible, if it's all just in your head. The thing I need to ask you, have you done the things I said? Do you love your wife? Burn for your children, are you laying down your life? What about the others? Are you living as a servant to your sisters and your brothers? Do you make the poor man beg you for a bone? Do the widow and the orphan cry you love me and every song you've sung it doesn't matter that your sacrifice of praise is loud enough to raise the dead the thing i need to ask you is you've done the things i said do you love your wife and with all you've got inside you are you laying down your life what about the others Living as a servant to your sisters and your brothers Do you make the poor man beg you for a bone? Do the widow and the orphan cry alone? Lord, when were you a prisoner that we did not come to you? When was it that we saw you sick that we didn't follow through? Every time you turned your head and pretended not to see When you did it not to the least of these You did it not to me Woo-wee! Hallelujah! That there's some message there. Have you done the things I said? Amen. You agree with that, Danny? All right. Hallelujah. That's for sure. Have you done the things I told you to do? That's what Jesus is asking you tonight. Well, you know, it's a sad thing when in our church, in our churches, I should say, people are more worried about profits as in dollar bills than they are about people. Amen. Shamey, 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 shamey. So, I'd say God has something to say about that problem. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask now for this message. That, Lord, you would bless the message, Lord. We ask now as this message, Lord, proceeds, Lord, that as we continue and we preach this message, Lord, that you would just open our hearts to your word, Lord. It's a valuable message, Lord, that needs to get out. Not just here, Lord, but 
It needs to go out all across the world, Lord. I think the churches have long forgot this was even in the Bible. And when they do see it in the Bible, they choose to ignore it. Because they are more concerned with their sorry selves than they are with God's Word. So, Lord, we ask you right now that you would use this Word, this message, Lord, to show your truth. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, now, we're going to first have Ruthie read two verses, like I said, that I believe sum up the whole thing. James chapter 2. Now, of course, when she reads these two, don't close up your Bibles tonight. And hey, if you put a roast in the oven, honey, you came to the wrong place because it's toast. So, James chapter 2. We're going to look at 8 and 9, and then we're going to get into the message a little more, all right? Bless you. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Is that it, darling? Now, you notice something here? See, a lot of people, they want to love their neighbor. A lot of people, that, and I'll be getting into that much later, but love your neighbor. Oh, you hear about that preached in the churches all the time. All the time about loving your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? It's anybody on down the street. Well, that, yeah, you guys got that point now, don't you? Well, the Bible says you, if you love your neighbor, you do well. You do well. But, when you have respect of persons, which we're getting into tonight, you don't hear this preached. You are in sin. And as we're going to find out later, that all you have to do is break one point of the Mosaic Law and you're guilty of all. Yeah. Well, when you have respect to persons, you're breaking that law. You know what's sad? When you go to a food bank because you ain't got nothing in the cupboard, here it is. The beginning of August 2008, first week in August 2008, it's only like the second of the month, you go to the food bank and what do you get? A box mix. First off, you get the box mix and nothing to make it with, but you get a box mix for cheesecake and it says on the side of the box... Best used, best if used or sold by October, not 2008, not 2007, not 2006, 5, 4, 3, or 2, but 2001. Shame me, shame me, shame me. Would they have handed that to Jesus? If they knew it was Jesus walking into their food bank, they would have hid that sucker. Amen. They would have hid that sucker. But just because of some poor person with a few rags on their back, all of a sudden they're going to compl- they'll just throw out anything. Peanut butter's probably been sitting around for the last 20 years. 
Oh, give them antique food, you know? Man, if poor people could get money off of antique food, man, they'd be rich. Amen. I mean, come on here. 2001? That's got to be old. God help us. But you see, God says when you have respect to persons, that means there's a far, it's a far cry. It's one thing to say you love your neighbor and treat him decent. It's a whole different matter when you got nobody but poor people. And when a poor person comes in there, it's one thing to treat a rich man good. It's another thing to treat a poor man good, is what Jesus is saying. It's another thing to treat somebody that is not normal from you good. Uh, let me ask a question that was asked at Pilot Dogs for the Blind back in 1990. Here was a question that was asked. Who is normal? Who is normal? Well, last I checked my Bible, last I checked my Bible, nobody's normal. Because all of us have the same common problem. We all have sin. What is normal to you is not normal to me. To you, it may be normal to walk down the street and be able to see the sidewalks and see the cars coming at you and see everything. To me, that's not normal. To me, it's normal to walk into a wall at full speed and not even know it's there. To me, it's normal to go down the street and have to feel for the curbs. To me, it's normal to have to concentrate with every ounce of my being to know where I'm located. That's normal. So to me, hello, everybody in this church is abnormal. To me, it's abnormal to look across the room and look at the clock on the wall. Ruthie, don't you be looking. As you look, I had 15 minutes of message. Okay. Oh, so she wants to look. Okay. All right, Danny. She's looking. We're going to add 15 minutes of message. All right. Well, you better settle in then. Amen. So James chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 1. Now, you notice what it started to say here. Of course, Danny was reading our little uh, the heading over the chapter, which is great to know. But you notice James starts out with a very pronounced statement here. He says, "Has not the Lord of Glory?" Who's that? Jesus. Jesus has not Jesus Himself showed you that there is this thing that there is no regard with him or respect of persons, meaning that he is not worried about the rich and the poor and all that garbage. Jesus ain't worried about if you're black, green, yellow, purple, or orange. You don't care if you came off of some weird planet on a, a flying saucer with two little antennas and you're green. You don't care 
if you're if you are at least human, let's say it that way, because <laughs> I don't believe in aliens. All right, but I'm just saying the the whole problem is we we have a problem in this wor- country and in this world. What we call people from outside, aliens, aliens. Oh well, he's an illegal alien because he came from. Well, South America. He's a alien because he come from. He's a Spanish person. He's a Mexican. He's an alien because he came from Hawaii. He's an alien because he came from uh, Bermuda. So what? He's a Canadian. He's an alien. What? You think he came in on a flying saucer? Hey, he, he probably jumped on a jumbo jet just like you did when you went to visit his country. Amen. Amen. He ain't no different from you. Uh, well, honey, uh, that, 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 um, uh, that guy that comes down the street just because he has a little darker colored skin than you, just because he looks like he was dipped in uh, Hershey's milk chocolate, let me tell you something. If that man gets cut and he's bleeding, it's coming out red. You get cut, it comes out red. Oh, yeah, bruh, buddy. Uh, what Now what you got? What do you got over him now? You're red, he's red. How you like that? So what are you harping and whining over color for? God said he had no respect of persons. Remember Paul? Well, we're going to get into that later. He, he, he had a little issue with that, too. Wanted to call people common and unclean. Common and unclean. Just because they were different. God said, don't you dare call what I made common or unclean. We'll get into that. All right, give us verse 2, Danny. Okay, verse 2. For if there come unto your assembly, and with a gold ring, godly apparel, Goodly apparel, excuse me. And there came and also a poor man in vile raiment. Ye have respect to him, wheareth gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, or become judges of evil thoughts? My hold on, hold on, Danny. Danny, hold on, hold on, before you go that far. I want you to stop right there where it says, uh, uh, are you not a respecter of persons and entertain evil thoughts? I want you to hold right there. Park. We're going to park it right there. At verse 4, we're parking it right there for about, oh, about three hours right there. <laughs> well, hey, if you put roast in the oven, it's toast because... And we're going to park on that one right there. Amen. Hey, if you don't say amen, I'll add 30 minutes to the message. <laughs> amen. Hey, and if I catch you watching your watch, we add 15 minutes to the message. Amen. Don't you be looking, Ruthie. No looking. Amen. Don't be looking either. Amen. All right. 
Because the preacher can't see the one. The one on his arm went burned out long ago. The battery's dead. I got to get another one. And and, the, and he can't see the one on the wall. So guess what? You ain't got no idea when I'm ending. Amen. But the whole point is, let's pull over and park a minute. I find right here the ultimate test for any church. Do you see the ultimate test here? The ultimate test for a church is right here. You just read it. If a man comes in a, with a gold ring and goodly apparel, that means he's got himself his little business suit. He's got himself a brand new ring. and he, You could tell that he's rich. I mean, his wallet, yeah, his back pants pocket may be bulging. Huge, about oh, eight, nine inches thick. But that ain't what gives him away. It's what he's wearing gives him away. You notice that. And just because he wears the good clothes, you say, oh, come on up here and sit right up here with me in the pulpit. I think Ruthie knows who I'm hinting at. Uh, come on up here. I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care if you're an old buzzard. Come on up here and sit on down. Come on down. Hey, I know the price is right. Because you look like you got it. Amen. But yet, comes in a poor man in torn up clothes. That's what that vile raiment or uh, r bad raiment is there. Torn up clothes, beat up clothes. And you say to that poor man, sit thou here. You stand over in a corner, or better yet, sniff my stinky feet. You get under my foot, you're, uh, you're dirt. You are dirt. You are dirt. Jesus said, are you not partial in yourselves? And become the entertainers or, 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 or entertaining evil thoughts. I would have to say, most churches I've been in, and there's very few that, without exception, that don't meet this one. Most of them that I've been in are entertaining evil thoughts. Oh my. Hello? I've never found them to pass the James 2 test. Yeah, you want to prove it, just go on in there with... Uh, raggedy looking clothes and an unpressed suit or, 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 or raggedy shoes that look like they're talking to you. Go on in there with that for about six months or more. Don't give them a red cent and then tell them you're called to preach and see what happens. Or tell them you're called to teach Sunday school see what happens. Tell them you want to uh, even go flip the switches in the uh, sanctuary to turn on the lights and see what happens. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, no. But let some old buzzard in there, no matter what he's been living like, he could be over there beating on his wife for all you care, calling his wife a dog by his actions. But, oh, come on in, brother. Could be committing adultery and, oh, come on in, brother, preach the word to us. Come on in. You look good in that 
$40,000 suit? Huh? Hey, you notice I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching about uh, 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 a person's skin color here. I don't care where you came from. Hello, churches. If you got something against somebody else because they're different, for whatever reason, to, uh, right now I'm I'm cracking. I'm just cracking on this issue about being poor. That's just the start. The start, may I say. It's pretty sad when in the church you 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 got people who looking at people because of. How much money they got. Now I don't think God would have put this in his word. I don't think he would have had this in the word. If he didn't have a reason for it. And do you think God would have put it in his word. If someone hadn't already been doing it. Well if this is the book of James. Written back what. Only maybe 10, 20, 30 years after Christ died. You're telling me if it was written that long afterward. Are you trying to tell me? You're trying to tell me that this problem is a new problem? Uh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Another twi- uh, another um, 22 years from now, it'll be a 2,000-year-old problem. Don't tell me it's a new problem in the church. Don't tell me it's a new problem. Right here it is. But there's more to this problem than just this. It gets worse, may I say. But the reason I bring up the poor is because this is the biggest issue that's always been in the church. It says, well... They're going to say, well, sit under my footstool. Well, Brother Danny, now when you joined this church, you made sure you told us how much money you're making, right? No, I didn't mention it. Whoops, we forgot to ask him, Ruthie. We need to make sure he's making enough money to treat him right. According to the Bible, huh? Oh. Nope. According to this Bible, the Bible I'm reading, I don't know what cult version they're reading, but the version I read, it says that you're not supposed to be looking at a person's wallet. Bless God, Brother Danny, if you come up here, when you come to visit, and you visit in person, you want to sit in this church, I don't care if you come in here in just plain old street clothes. Hey. You're not going to tell me, and I'm going to pull over and park on this issue a bit, like I said. You're not going to tell me, you preachers out there, you cannot tell me that just because I wear a certain type of clothes and they're not a suit and it ain't pressed, you're not going to tell me that someone ain't going to come to Jesus because I'm wearing a wrinkled suit. No, no, no. Excuse me? Who said that salvation was in a suit anyway? Shamey, shamey, shamey. Wait a minute here. Last I knew, when you go up to a poor man's door wearing an $18,000 suit, I don't think he's going to be sitting there worried about uh, uh, about your Jesus. 
You're going to be looking at you like, well, wait a minute. If you got so much money to burn on a suit, then why in the world ain't you give me some of that money? Why are you sitting here looking at me with bare cupboards and, 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 and rags on my back, and yet you walk in here with a suit and you want to tell me about Jesus? Now think about it. If, a, if you walk into a poor man's house trying to tell him the gospel and you're wearing a 10-piece suit, you're wearing a suit that costs $80,000 per sleeve, and you tell me you're going to get up there preacher and preach to a poor person who's walked into your church, and you think he's going to sit there and listen to you? I don't think so. That ain't going to win him. The only thing that might win him is if he has a real tragedy in his life, and he needs some real peace, and the only reason he's going to come to Christ is because he needs Jesus. But if it's by your example, he sure enough ain't coming. Because the only reason he's going to come to Jesus if he sees a real need in his own heart, then he needs a Savior. But it ain't going to be by your example wearing that big fancy suit. That ain't going to get him in. I'd rather walk down the streets of the gutters of town in an old pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt that came from a clothing bank, no matter whether it's and some brother had his guts to tell me, well, uh, there's a difference between T-shirts, between a man's T-shirt and a woman's T-shirt. Get saved. That don't get you into heaven anyway. And I don't think the world is worried about what kind of T-shirt I'm wearing. Hey, if the T-shirt I'm wearing has Jesus saves on it, who cares? Yes. I mean, that guy ain't worried about my T-shirt. He's worried about the message I'm carrying. Hey, he wants to know, hey, if I go up there in a 10-piece suit, he's going to be sitting there looking at me like I'm a, a stupid dog. But if I walk up there with just common clothes like he's wearing, he's going to be wanting to, hey, wait a minute, this guy, wait a minute. If he could wear the same clothes I'm wearing, and he's talking about Jesus, and I ain't got Jesus, he's got peace. Even though he's got them kind of clothes, something's wrong with that. He's going to be wanting to know what made the difference. And then I can say, well, lean on over here, and I'll tell you. Amen. I tell him, lean on over here. I tell you, sit down and sit down and, uh, for a spell. Take the load off your feet. Let me tell you, that's what I'd be able to do. But no, let's let's walk over to the slums with an eighty thousand dollar suit and try to win somebody. Get real. And in the very next verse, they fail to see. Come on, Danny, now verse 5. Okay. Verse 5 says... Verse 5 does say here, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? Huh? Which he hath promised to them that love him? Stop, Danny. Stop right there. I think we need to read over what you just read again. Okay. Read that again. Slowly. Hearken, my beloved brother. Now listen up. Hath not God... Huh? Hath not God chosen the poor? Now wait a minute. Hath not God what? Chosen the poor. Wait a minute. We should kick them 
out of the church because God don't like poor people. Of this king of the kingdom. Wait a minute. Did it not say hath not God chosen the poor of this world? Yes. Isn't that what that just said? Hath not God chosen the poor of this world? But the people of the church says... They say, get out. They say, God has chosen the rich of this world. Shamey, shamey, shamey. Hello, churches. Hello. I find a big-time tuner problem with the picture. Someone go wiggle the wires or something. Something's wrong with the picture. When God said, Jesus said, I have chosen the poor of this world. And you notice the very next words? Rich in faith. Rich in faith. Well, how could God say the poor of this world are rich in faith? How do you think that's possible? Well, can I give you a little, uh, just a little uh, point that I think might help you to understand that? A rich person is not rich in faith because he has trusted in his wallet. He has faith in his wallet. Yeah. If he gets hungry, he reaches for his wallet. He gets thirsty, he reaches for his wallet. He wants to go down the street, he reaches for his wallet. But a poor person, no sense for him to reach for his wallet, there ain't nothing in it. In fact, he may not even own a wallet. So, what can he reach for instead of his wallet if he ain't got one? Or if he ain't got nothing in it? Reach to his knees. Prayer. Absolutely, Danny. Now you said exactly the right word. He reaches his knees to the floor. I've heard of poor people that had no food on the table. No food in the cupboard. And none, and no money to go and buy none. But they set the plates on the table. They set their forks and spoons on the table. They set their empty glasses on the table. They bowed their heads. And they thanked God for the meal anyway. That's what God meant when he said, rich in faith. How many times do you hear a rich person praying over a meal and thanking God for a meal that's not there? Never. How many times do you ever think, uh, see a rich man thank God for a car that is running? Never. When they ain't even got a car. Not a rich man. He's got a car. He may have two or three of them. You don't see the rich man sitting there saying, Lord, I thank you for a provision for me and my family to get to church because it's raining. Lord, I thank you for getting us to church somehow, but you're going to get us there, Lord. I'm going to thank you for that making the way. I don't see no one in the driveway, Lord, but I don't see a car in the driveway because we don't own one, and Lord, I know you'll get us there. 
See, the poor have to trust God for everything. That's why they're rich in faith. The rich don't trust in nobody but their riches. But God says the poor of this world are rich in faith. But we find in the churches, the poor are treated like as if they don't know anything about God. Remember, Jesus said, if you come as a little child. Now, how much money does a little child have? Very little. Little to none. See, money ain't going to get you in. It's only Jesus who gets you in. But has not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and do you notice the next words? Oh, I love this. What's the next words after rich in faith, Danny? It says rich in faith and... Of the kingdom. Who? Heirs of the kingdom. At uh, Danny... Even if you ain't got a dime in your pocket, do you know you're the richest man that ever walked on the face of the earth? Yeah, because God's riches supply all our needs. Uh, you know what, Danny? Guess what I want to do? I want to get the address for NASA. The address you, for NASA. You know why, don't you? I need to send them a bill. Okay. They owe me some back rent. All right. I know you're saying, for what? What do I own? I understand you're a poor preacher. You ain't got no... Oh, yes, I got some property. Let's see. My daddy owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He owns the the taters under the hills. He owns the hills, too. Not to mention, he owns all the things in the universe. That includes the moon. Well, they sent probes and landed different spacecraft up on that moon. See a tranquility? Ocean of Storms, Fra Moral, uh, hello NASA, you owe me some money. You got your junk cluttering up my moon. Jesus said I'm a joint heir with him, that means what he owns, I own. Jesus owns the moon, I own the moon. Pay up! You owe me some back rent. Hey! You know those little probes they sent over to, to Mars that landed on Mars? The Pioneer and the Viking spacecraft that landed on Mars, and, and they just sent some others over there recently. One that landed up near the polar ice cap. Guess what, NASA? My Jesus owns Mars. And since Jesus owns Mars and he said I'm a joint heir, that means I own Mars too. Pay up. Amen. Yeah. Come on, pay up. I want the address for NASA. I'm sending them a rent bill. <laughs> Amen. They landed a, 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 a lander over there on uh, Venus. They landed some sort of lander over on Venus. Well, boys... Jesus owns Venus too. Pay up. I want my rent money. Cough it up, boys. Amen. Amen. I'm an heir of the kingdom. See, I'm not just a joint heir with Jesus, but I'm an heir of the kingdom. That means my name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. Go 
And you know what the sad part is? You go into a church, you may not have all the worldly goods that everyone else in that church has, and they treat you like a dog. What they forget is, uh, well, boys, if I got Jesus in my heart, you better start loving me now because you're going to have to put up with me for all eternity. Yes. And guess what, boys? Uh, if what on earth is true, if in heaven it were true that what is true on earth, you'd be in some deep trouble. You know what they say, don't you? Poor people move in town, the property values go shoom, right? Well, if that were truth, then you'd be in some deep trouble, boys. Because there's going to be a bunch of poor people in heaven, so the property values would have to plummet. If it were true. But thank God heaven isn't run your way. Thank God it's not run your way. But thank God. I don't have to worry about all that. I mean, the way the world works, it is if you ain't got no money, you're a dog. Well, up in heaven, that ain't the way it runs. In heaven, all you have to have is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and everybody's the same. Up there, God ain't going to put you in categories. Down here, they've got to put you in some sort of mold, try to fit you in. You don't believe that, do you? Well, okay. You don't believe that. Well, go down to the local uh, clothing store. Tell me if they don't put you in categories. First, they got you either in the men's or the women's section. Then, it, then they divide that up. They divide the sexes up by men to boys and women to girls. Okay? Now, once they've got all that divided up, then they even divide those up by size. Now, all of a sudden, you're nothing but a number. You're a set of numbers. You're either a small, medium, large, extra, large, or extra, 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 large, or whatever. Okay? Or you're a a 5, 10, 20, whatever. Okay? You know what I mean, right, Danny? Oh, yes. They got you all figured out. They got you numbered out and X'd and L'd out and all that other junk. They got you SM or L or L uh, XL or XXXL and all that stuff. They got you all lettered and numbered to death. And all that stuff does is spell snob. Amen. Yes. And, and then what do we do in the church? Same thing. We try to categorize people. I find something wrong with that. We're supposed to be different from the world, and we're doing just what they do. And then what do we do? It says, we take the poor of this world that are rich in faith and are heirs of the kingdom, and what do we do? We're partial. All because we've got our nose stuck in the air sniffing the devil's behind. Hello, something's wrong with that. Okay, come on, Danny. Okay, verse... Six here says, oh, oh, well, the rest of verse five says, which he had promised to them that love him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How many could shout amen saying they love Jesus? Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, Amen. Give my hand a clap of praise. Because, see, I don't have to worry about what the church thinks of me. Hey. I know 
don't care what nobody thinks about me as long as my daddy's happy with me. Yeah. Why? Because I'm joint heirs with Jesus. I don't care what they think about me. Hey, all this time that I'm poor, it ain't going to last long. When I get to heaven, it's going to be a whole different story. Remember, all that money does is make you look good down here, but what are you going to do when you die? Well, let me tell you something, honey. You can't take it with you, and if you think you can, go check out the Egyptian pharaohs of old days old. Look at old King Tut. He thought he was taking it with him. Yeah, sure. They He took it with him. Yeah. Took, he took it with him to the grave, but the grave robbers found knew it had more sense than he did. Grave robbers knew he didn't take it to heaven with him. only took it into his grave with him. They went over there, opened it up, and snatched everything. Amen. At least the grave robbers got more sense than some of these Christians. Amen. Oh, hey, I'm preaching it like it is. And they get mad, get glad again. That's the way the church acts. They acting like King Tut. Let's, let's gather it all up. Jobs and better jobs. Checks in the mail. Tax refund. It's offering time. Get a life. Get saved. That ain't got nothing to do with Jesus anyway. Amen. All right, give us verse 6, Danny. Okay, verse 6 says, But ye have five support. Do not rich men crush you? Hold it, hold it, Danny. We got two statements to ask them right now. Do you see what it just said? After what James, through the Holy Spirit, had told us about the poor, that they're rich in faith, but what does it say the church does? What is the church's treatment of the poor? You notice the key word, it starts with a D? Despise. Despise. Does that sound like any church that you've ever been around lately? We're not going to say names, but does that sound like any church you've been around? Well, I can name about 14, 15, 16, if not more. Just off the top of my head without even thinking about it. Yes. They literally, by their actions, despise the poor. Well, we never ran nobody off. We love them. Yeah, you sure enough love to get rid of them. You don't tell them to their face, but you treat them like a dog, and then when they go to leave, what do you say? Oh, well, they weren't saved. They ain't fellowshipping with the brethren. They ain't assembled together. Oh, they don't love Jesus. They've got to be lost. They're not being chastened because they're not coming to the local church. Uh, chapter and verse, please. And don't give me Hebrews ten. Uh, don't give me Hebrews ten twenty five either. It says assembling together. It did not say building. Amen. Jesus said where two or three are gathered. Well, that didn't say building either. To gather does not mean in a building. With a specific sign out in the, out in the lawn out front. Hello. I want a verse that says that you have to come together in a building with a sign out front giving a collective name to your little group. 
to your little click. Amen. That's right. I don't care if eight. The collective name that we have for this local group is True Freedom Fellowship Baptist, but the real name I have is Christian. Child of God. And if you got a problem with that, you could take it up with my daddy. Now, of course, yeah, there's, uh, I know you're going to say, well, who's your church committee? Well, yeah, well, let me tell you something. Get you a pen, but I'm not sure if you know them. There's three of them. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, of course, for you snobs out there listening to this message that, 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 that think you're something better because you got lots of money, let me tell you something. That committee, they're awful busy. I'm not sure if you know them. But me being a poor person, being rich in faith, I know them. I have to talk to them every day for everything I need, right down to my toilet paper. Amen. Amen. And thank God I don't have to go out ripping off some store to get it. Go ripping off at a job for it. And then call myself a preacher. Amen. I know a preacher and his wife who did. They can't tell me that it was a roll of toilet paper that they bought because that kind of roll you don't buy. Amen. Now I'm preaching. The only way you get that kind of rolls is if you either A, steal them, or B, you have to know where to go to a janitorial supply outlet. And I don't think they know where to get one of those. Amen. Uh-huh. That's some deep preaching right there, but I ain't saying names. But God knows who I'm talking about. Amen. Now, Bible says they despise. But do you not despise the poor? Well, we don't want them in our church. If the poor come, they're going to want our money. They're going to want us to give them a handout. No. Maybe the only thing they need is a hand up. Have you ever thought of it that way? No. Well, they just want a hand out. They want a freebie. Look, thank God Jesus didn't say you had to be paying for salvation. Because you sure enough ain't got enough money for it. Amen. Amen. No matter how rich you are, you ain't got enough money. Amen. It says you despise the poor. And then it goes on to ask you a question. Do not rich men... What's the question there, Danny, after it says despise the poor? What was that question again? We're in verse 6, Danny, as I remember. Yeah, despise the poor. not rich men oppress you Now think on that a minute. Don't rich people, someone that's got more money than you, don't they take you to court? Give them half a chance, don't they snitch and run you off to court to try to get your money? Huh? Yes. Don't people that got more money than you try to figure out a way to get separate you from your money? So why are you despising the poor? There's always someone above you that's trying to take your money. So you got to quit complaining about poor people because you're in the same boat. You're in the same boat. And last I checked, the book of Ecclesiastes said no matter how much money you got, it's all vanity anyway. Amen. Okay, come on, Danny. 
Seven. Yes, sir. Not say blaspheme that worthy that worthy name by which you're called. Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. And may I say again, ouch. You get that? You, those rich people think they're something smart, but look, there's people above them that not only are willing to take them to court and snatch every dime the rich person claims he's got, those that say, oh, well, I got a job. I pay my tithe. Wait a minute. Don't you know there's somebody above you, above, above you, buddy, that not only... Not only is willing to take you to court and take every dime you got, but uh, what does it go on to say a little more? It says they even not only take you before the judgment seat, but blaspheme, blaspheme the holy name, Jesus, by which you are called. They literally talk down your Savior. And then you want to tell me, you want to look me in the eye and tell me that you're right for treating people the way you do? I don't think so. I don't think I'd want to be like that. Okay, come on, Danny. Hold it. Now, if you fulfill the royal law, loving your neighbor as you would yourself, that means just to treat people nice. That means just to do your civic duty. That means, oh, give somebody a little bit of food. You notice what it's saying here? That there's a difference... Christian, there's a difference between having a food bank and a soup kitchen, which is loving your neighbor as yourself. There's a big difference between that and what I'm talking about tonight. The treatment of the poor when they come into your church. Well, how do I get that that's a difference? Well, let's read verse 9 and I'll show you the difference. Come on, Danny, verse 9. Okay, now you notice I told you there was a, 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 a comparison here. See, a lot of people, they don't look at the two verses together. Eight and nine is a comparison. James said, by the Holy Spirit's leading, now, it's one thing to have your little soup kitchen and love your neighbor as yourself. It's one thing to have your little clothing bank and give out some clothes. Hey, the Catholics do it, and we call them cults. We say they're of the devil. The SDAs have it. We say they're cults and of the devil. Well, why is it that we as Christians have our little clothing bank and, uh, uh, and our little food distribution and our little soup kitchen and say we've done our civic duty, 
We did all what Jesus told us to do. We fed the poor. Don't worry, I'm getting into that sooner or later. Oh, we fed the poor, but yet, yet have respect to persons. Yet when that same poor person that you uh, treated so nice at the food distribution, and, oh, come on into our church. But then when they got there and you really found out how real poor they were, then you start treating them like a dog. Uh, wait a minute, that was respect to persons. God is saying there's a far cry. It's one thing to love your neighbor. It's one thing to have your little clothing bank. It's a whole nether to love that poor person all the way to heaven. And to love that person and keep them in God's word. And to, and to see that person reach their full potential in Christ. No, he may not end up looking the best thing since Madonna or Britney Spears or any of the rest of those wicked entertainers. But let me tell you something. At least he could get up and do something for God because he's already got a faith that's strong. Probably stronger than yours. Amen. But see, there's a big difference here. James says there's a far cry from having your little clothing bank. Now get this. Can you picture going to the store with your ritzy little wallet, open up your wallet, crack open your wallet, pay for something, pay at the door for your clothes, go in, pick up what you want, And get home and find out that that brand new thing that you s had purchased had dog mess on it. Oh, fine. Would you enjoy wearing that? No. Well, would you go and buy such a thing or even pick it up off the shelf? Would you go and take and... Go over to the store and say, oh, I like this, uh, some nice lady. Walk up in there and see a dress with half of a seam torn out of it. Would you go and buy it, ladies? You'd say, heaven's sakes, no. Wouldn't be modest. But you would take that very same dress out of your closet while it's ripped, torn, without even taking the effort to get it repaired, and you'll take and throw it in a clothing bank and expect a poor person to be able to fix it. Leave it in that clothing bank knowing that that poor person ain't even going to have the money for the thread to repair it. And yet you'll stick your nose in their face. Oh, well, you're wearing a torn dress. You expect them to come in a nice three-piece suit but just because you gave them a suit out of your closet, you might have even been nice enough to do that. But then when the thing starts getting a little dirty and a little wrinkled, first thing you do is stick your nose in the air. You got a wrinkled suit. Uh, well, when was the last time you went to the dry cleaners and didn't pay for it? Huh? Huh? Yeah. When was the last time you went to the dry cleaner and paid for it? Walked away without paying for it. But you expect a poor person to do it, you dirty, rotten devil. It's a far cry. It's one thing to hand somebody clothes. 
So one thing to hand them clothes and food and a whole different matter. Whole different matter to ensure that all of their needs are met without griping about it. You want to talk about people griping. The person who gripes the most are the people that have to open their wallet to the poor. Amen. Shamey, 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 but amen. Amen. The ones that gripe the most are the ones that have to open their wallet. Oh, well, I got a clothing bank. They should be happy with that. Oh, I don't care if my dog took a healthy crud on that shirt. Let him put it on. Oh, I don't care if he used that left shoe for a toilet bowl. Let him step in it. Well, why don't I see you wearing it? Amen. See, James said it's a far cry. It's one thing to have your little it's one thing to have your little clothing bank. It's another to have your it's a, a full different thing to have compassionate enough to love somebody. He says here. But if you have respect of persons, you sin. You sin. And become a transgressor of the law that you say you keep. Remember Jesus when he talked about adultery? How he got down to the heart of the matter? He said, look, you say if a man commits, fornicates on his wife, he commits adultery. Jesus said, now wait a minute, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. He said, back up. No, 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 no. That ain't adultery. He says, although it is. Jesus said, you want to know what adultery is, it's this. If a man looks upon a woman to lust after, he's already committed adultery. Jesus said, let's look at the heart of the matter. He said, the law says thou shalt not kill. But when you say reka, and you get mad without a cause, he said, It's just as bad as if you pulled out a gun and shot the man. Yes. So, don't worry about saying, well, you kept the law unless you kept it all the way, including in your heart. Right. So, so, if you say you love your brother and you got your little clothing bank, uh, well, how, much, how many of them do you see in your church? Doing top jobs on Sunday and throughout the week. Let's test you. James chapter 2 gives you a test. 